Hey, y'all. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm your host, Hope Cook. I created this podcast to help women who have amazing careers on paper and yet something is missing. You're feeling out of alignment or directionless. Maybe you're no longer motivated or excited about how you spend your days. On top of all that, I'm guessing you feel guilty because you're not more grateful for your job. And maybe you even wonder how you can possibly keep going doing this for another 10, 15, or 20 years when you can barely make it through Wednesday. Let me tell you, I've been there. After 20 years with a rewarding career as a physician assistant, I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I felt pulled in a new direction, but didn't know what that was. A series of books and conversations led me to a life-changing decision to cut way back on my day job and become a life coach. My passion became helping other women figure out what it is they want to do and map out a path to get there. So listen weekly for tips and tools you can use to chart your own journey. Hey y'all, happy Wednesday. I'm excited about today's episode because it's basically like you get a little free life coaching session Uh, kind of a DIY sort of thing. So I'm going to ask you a whole bunch of questions, and I promise if you answer those questions and you answer them honestly, you are going to have clarity like nobody's business. So get your pen and paper or listen to it one time through and then go back and answer the questions. Um, But this this is the most powerful coaching tool is asking a client questions and then waiting for the answer and giving them permission to answer from their heart. Oh, wait, one more thing. I almost forgot. I need your help. So I have been thinking about doing a couple of live coaching um, episodes, and you could be anonymous. Nobody has to know all your business. But if this is like, oh, I think I might like to do that. I want to be in the hot seat. Then send me an email. This is my personal email, hope.cook at gmail.com, and we'll figure out how to do it, and we'll have a practice session first just so you feel totally comfortable. I got the idea for this podcast from listening to Cheryl Strayed on Glennon Doyle's podcast. Cheryl is the lady who wrote Wild um, about hiking the Pacific Crest Trail by herself, and Reese Witherspoon ended up playing her in the movie about it. So anyway, Cheryl was talking about she had this podcast um, where people write in letters asking her for advice. And she and it sounded like she was really doing life coaching. Um, but the thing she said that really caught my attention was that clients already have the answers inside themselves. She said there's usually one line in their letter that says exactly what they want, but then they fill the letter with all these reasons they can't have what they want. Like maybe they say they really want a baby, they've struggled for years with um, infertility, they've seen numerous specialists, um, they write that they wish their life had more meaning and if they had a baby, their life would have more meaning. A baby would do this and this for me and my partner. I've spent this much money. There's nothing else I can do. I don't want to adopt. All these things. But she said, you take that one line, I want my life to have more meaning And that's what that person yearns for. And that's the part that they are um, cluttering with all these other thoughts and all these excuses and all these limiting beliefs. 
Or you say, what I really want is a new job, but I have tenure, I'm vested for retirement, my kids love my school, I mean, love their school, my spouse won't move, he loves his job, Um, I can't find another job in this town. And so the key statement there is, I want a new job, but they're afraid to admit it, so they fill it with all this other cluttered stuff. Another way to get to the root of what you really want is a word that I just used, yearn. Martha Beck says, um, ask clients what they yearn for. What do they long for? It's not just what you want, because if you ask somebody what they want, they may say a beach house or a, a pony or a German shepherd or whatever. What they yearn for, however, is connection or the freedom of living um, at, a, at the beach. Another way to get to the root of what you really want is to completely bypass the thinking brain. So the thinking brain is only concerned with our survival, a place of not necessarily misery, but not happiness, not joy, not purpose or fulfillment. It's just like, just meh. But the right side of your brain is the creative part, the part who's like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, and then fill in the blank. So today's exercise, I'm going to give y'all some of the tools that I work with clients to get them out of their thinking brain and into the right side of their brain. So into the right side of their brain, or in this case, your brain, so that we can figure out what it is you long for. And it may not be an actual like, I long to work in a lawyer's office. It may be more, I long for order and efficiency. And then that can serve as a clue to help you find your next thing. So the first thing I want you to do is to get into your body. So this is, if you've never been in a yoga class, that probably sounds weird, but I'll explain what I'm talking about. If you're not driving, I want you to put your feet on the floor, take a deep breath, let your shoulders relax. And then if you're not driving and if you can, close your eyes. I want you to focus on the sole of your right foot. Just put all your awareness there. Now bring all your attention to your left thumb, the pad of your left thumb. Now bring your awareness to the little lines above your eyebrows and let all those little muscles relax. Notice your shoulders, let your shoulders drop away from your ears. Now focus on your breathing and start from the bottom of your belly. Begin to inhale all the way up, filling up through your ribs, all the way up to your collarbones. And then if you can, just pause just for a few seconds and then see how slowly you can exhale through your nose. And do that a few more times while I'm talking. So you're in your body. You're not in your head. You're in your body. And, you know, sometimes I will go through the entire body. Imagine your, you know, pinky toe. Imagine your shin bone. Imagine your calf muscle. You just work your way up the body. And the whole point of that is to get you out of your thinking brain. That brings me to mind. um, I did the book, The 12-Week Year. And one of the cool things about that is they have you spend an hour a week in creative time. If you're very type A, it's going to be hard for you to just get in creative mode. 
So you have to have things like this, little hacks or tricks that get you in creative mode, like going for a walk. Nature is one of those things that gets you out of your head and into creative mode. Um, another one is using all five senses. So look around the room. How many blue things do your eyes see? Like really, look around the room. I see my yoga mat, my foam roller. Um, I see a map that's blue. My cup is blue polka dot. Yeah, just look around. Um, all those are examples to get you out of your thinking brain because you're not going to think your way to clarity. You're not going to have a spreadsheet and like list the pros and the cons and then just say, oh my gosh, I got it. You've heard the term Eureka. Well, the way um, Eureka, the, the story of that is, I'm going to butcher his name, Archimedes, Archimedes. <laughs> Sorry, I can't say it. He um, was in the bath, or so legend goes. He was in the bath, and that's when he had this amazing idea. All right, so first, you want to give yourself permission to daydream. So we are so afraid to speak our dreams out loud. I think we inherently know that there are power in our words. So if we tell somebody out loud, that we don't like how things are going. If we say, I'm just not happy in my career, it kind of feels like we're throwing down the gauntlet, like let the games begin. I have spoken it out loud and now my life is about to get crazy. So before we even start, I want you to tell yourself it is safe to daydream. I'm not gonna make you quit your job or make a major change. This is just gonna be a safe place to dream. You can come back to this episode again and again. Think about it like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. You're just here for the day. Tomorrow it's back to reality. But for now, I want you to give yourself permission to dream. I still think about my first male client and the first words out of his mouth were, are you going to make me quit? And then he named where he works. And he really was afraid that if he started working with me, he would quit, that I would make him quit his job. And that meant his life would be topsy-turvy. He was the breadwinner. And part of him didn't want to quit his job because, again, that's the lizard brain, the, the safety part of you that's like, you have to provide for your family. You don't need to quit your job. Things are going to get crazy. What if your wife leaves you? What if your kids can't go to private school? But another part of him wanted to quit because he was seeing me and he was, wasn't happy. All right, so I don't know what number I'm on. We're just going to say next number. When you were in elementary school, what did you think would be the coolest job ever? I've told y'all, I wanted to own an ice cream truck, either a candy shop with all those little bins or an ice cream truck. Um, sometimes I wanted to be a teacher. And so instead of thinking like, okay, how can I um, refurbish an old delivery truck to become an ice cream truck? Instead, I want you to think about what was the feeling when you were in elementary school and you thought about driving an ice cream truck or being a teacher, what were the feelings that you got from that? Well, with being a teacher, I felt like a helper. Um, with the ice cream truck, it was a sense of fun, adventure, freedom. You know, I always thought about I could just drive my little ice cream truck wherever I want to go. So 
that the, this will help you determine your values which you can use in your current position or your next job so freedom freedom was my top value and I didn't I didn't even put words to that I didn't realize that that was a value like Brene Brown if you google her name and values you will get a list of over a hundred values and you can look through them and you can write down which ones resonate the most with you but freedom is what I kept coming back to when I was burned out and I just wanted I wanted freedom with my schedule I didn't want to have to um you know, not go to field day. I helped with field day on Friday at my kid's school. And when you have a very strict schedule that has to be scheduled six months in advance, you just, you can't cancel 40 patients to go to a field day for a few hours. I mean, they had 30 minute time slots. You volunteer, like who is going to leave their job, drive across town, cancel patients, and then wear scrubs and then get back in their car, drive back to work, see the rest of the patients. Like you just can't do that. Okay, I had a, um, I always ask patients these questions too when I have time. So I had a, a girl who was college age and she is in, she, I said, what's your major? And she said, marketing. And she said it very confidently, like, of course, marketing, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so I asked her what she was like as a kid. And she's, I said, how did you know you wanted to do that? And she said, well, when I was little, or not little, when I was in high school, I made a PowerPoint presentation for my parents about why I should be allowed to have a nose stud. And she said, I, you know, marketed like crazy, and I had all these, you know, catchphrases and these things that I thought would appeal to them. And she did. She ended up persuading them with her marketing that she needed a nose stud. When I was at this business summit last two weeks ago, we had this, the guy from Savannah Bananas. If you've never heard of that, it's a minor league baseball team in Savannah, Georgia. And this guy bought the team and named them the Savannah Bananas. And everybody thought he was crazy. And there were a lot of things in the newspaper and the local news that said, like, you, this, you're making us a laughing stock. Um, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard of. But this guy decided he wanted, like fun was his main thing, entertainment and fun. And so now the Savannah Bananas are sold out like three years in advance. They're traveling all over the world. He wears a yellow tuxedo, full yellow, like banana yellow, and a yellow top hat. And his players learn choreographed dances. They'll just stop and do like a flash dance. Um, he has the dad bod cheerleading squad. He has the banana nanas, these old ladies who are another cheerleading squad. All these fun things. The tickets you were scratch and sniff. You smell them and they smell like bananas. So it's one of those, you know, if you, now that you're all grown up, if you had to list five ridiculously fun things to do for work all day, what would you do? So pause it and write down those five ridiculously fun things. So one of mine was um, cooking, like I'd be a, a chef on a yacht or something, or I would own a kid's summer camp, or trying to think of some other ones that I've come up with. I would be a travel agent, or an airline stewardess or yeah one of mine used to be a yoga teacher and then I decided why not why put that off why not go ahead and do that okay and this is a little bit out of order but the values thing let me see if there was anything else I wanted to 
say about that. So yeah, Google Brene Brown values, look through that and don't put what you should, you think you should have for your values. Like, I mean, yeah, family and spirituality and stuff like that. That's probably what you think you should put. But I want you to like look in your deep inside, in your heart, what do you yearn for? So like I said earlier, mine are freedom, or two of mine, freedom and adventure, efficiency. I didn't even know efficiency was one of mine until I could not figure out why it felt like such a bad fit at this one office where I worked, that it was the most inefficient place you've ever seen. And then I came to this office where I am now, and the first thing I noticed was, holy cow, this place is run like a well-oiled machine, and it felt so in alignment. Um, adventure. So this may not even show up in your job necessarily, but you can find other, other ways to fit in your values in your life. Um, a friend of mine almost joined the Peace Corps back when we were in college, when we were in our 20s, and she got pretty far in the interview process, but she told me years later, she said, when I pictured my life five years down the road, I did not want to be working for a nonprofit poor and living in a third world country. She said, and I give her props for being honest, I see myself living in a house with a cute, successful husband and maybe kids, and I have a very active social life. <laughs> so <laughs> her values were not charity in a third world country. I debated going to medical school when I was in high school, but and I didn't know how to verbalize this at the time, but freedom was one of my number one values. So the idea of still being in school five years later, moving to a new location or two to do my residency, having um, to time, having babies around a residency, that didn't feel like freedom to me. Yeah, I also, a while back, I talked to a group that would hire coaches to work for them. So I, I talked to them because I was considering working for them as a coach and they would screen clients for me. They would tell me, you know, here's your schedule for the day. You're seeing this many people. I would have no idea who those people are until I walked in the room. And that did not feel like freedom. It felt kind of like being trapped or uh, suffocated almost because somebody else would be controlling the screening process and the schedule. And it didn't feel like fun. Um, another example of the values thing, my sister-in-law said when her kids were little, she was working full time. And the thing she kept craving or yearning was peace. And she kept saying to herself, my house is a place of peace. And she said at the time it was anything but peaceful. It was chaos. She had like different nannies and sitters. I remember this. She had like a sitter for Wednesday, a sitter for Thursday, a weekend helper, um, and two really little babies. And so she worked towards that. She eventually quit her job, started her own business. Um, she hired one nanny to keep the kids all the time. And she slowly built her business with peace as a pillar. So now when I go to her house or walk into her workspace, that is the feeling I get. I mean, it is it is the most peaceful place you've ever been. So what do you long for? All right, this one is kind of weird. So next number. So you got to just answer. Just say the first thing that pops into your head. If this job situation or whatever situation you're in were an animal, what would it be? All right, what's the first thing that popped into your head? 
you might have said squirrel or something. Describe it in detail, like its characteristics. And you can pause this. What does this animal want? What does it need? And what does this animal want you to know? So we did this exercise in life coaching with Martha Beck and um, a gorilla popped into my head, kind of like, uh, I don't know if y'all remember Willie B. He was a big ape at the Atlanta Zoo. And in my daydream, he was, he was kind of horsing around and he was, so the characteristics were fun. He was free. He wasn't in a cage. Um, he was very smart. And so that just gives you an idea of what your values may be. So fun, freedom, smart, working smart. I don't like to waste time. Okay, next number. This one is really fun. So I want you to think about a roadmap. So you know how a roadmap will show you where you're going. So imagine five years from now. So my clock on or my calendar on my computer says 10, 25, 22. So imagine the calendar flipping forward. The numbers are changing. It's 23, 24, 25, 26, 2027. 20, so imagine it's 2027. 20, and how do you want to feel when you wake up? So I do an exercise sometimes with clients called the ideal day exercise. And I want you to imagine when you wake up, what does your bed feel like? What time of day is it? What do you do when you get out of bed? What's the temperature like? How do you feel while you're working? You may still have no idea what it is you want to do, but how do you feel in your daydream in seven, I mean, five years when you're um, working? And then you can make it even more real by adding details. Like, who do you gather with during the day? What are you wearing to work? I didn't know what I wanted to do, but when I did this ideal day exercise, it was, yeah, it was probably five years ago. I imagined I was not wearing scrubs. I was wearing kind of uh, dressier than athleisure. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I didn't have leggings on, but I was. It was comfortable. I looked uh, like I could go to lunch, but maybe not dressy enough to go like on a date. So, um, kind of kind of like yoga clothes, but not ready to do yoga. Flowy, comfortable. And that's kind of what I wear now. I imagined having an office. I had never had a home office. And so I imagined that. Now I have a little home office in my closet. Um, so just sort of see if you can visualize some of these. One of my clients is like, Hope, I'm not good at visualizing. I just can't do it. That's fine. Maybe you're better at writing. Maybe you could sketch out, you know, what it is. Just add words, cut out words from a magazine. How do you imagine feeling on Monday morning or Sunday night? In the book, The Giver, have y'all ever read that book? It's a book for young adults. It's a futuristic world where the kids, um, they're watched to see sort of what their personalities are, are like and their strengths. And they're also watched, you know, as kids to figure out what their weaknesses are. And then they're assigned, I think they're like 12 or 13 when they're assigned a career. And then they spend the next few years training in it. So sort of, Look at yourself like you would if you were in that book and you were a kid. So what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Some people strongly dislike working around kids. Other people say, oh, I hate managing people. 
Um, I'm a lifelong learner, so I always want to be in a position where I'm learning. My friend Amy is obsessed with Disney. I mean, obsessed. And her husband is too. She managed to find a husband who was also obsessed with Disney. And she has taken like Walt Disney's course on, uh, and I don't know if it's Imagineering or what, but she's done a few things like that. When I worked in Montana, it's funny, I didn't have any idea what a life coach was, but the schedule was pretty slow and I had my own office with a big desk and my coworkers were all probably five to 10 year, probably five years younger than me. And so they would come in one at a time. We laughed and called it Hope's Office Hours. And it was like self-help. So they would, one at a time, would sit across from me. It was usually they were having guy issues and we would just brainstorm what they could do. Okay, so now I want you, we're going to do this kind of rapid fire. All right, so allow yourself to dream, give yourself permission, and I want you to fill in the blank. You can go back and listen to this again later. Number one, wouldn't it be cool if? All right, now I want you to take a statement that you're afraid to admit. It could be the one you just wrote. This is the statement that could get you in big trouble and turn your world upside down if people knew. So I want blank and just write it down. Martha Beck, the lady who um, taught my life coaching course, says that when she decided to go through with her second pregnancy, she'd found out the baby had Down syndrome. Um, her fellow professors, she was tenured, her professors were all, her colleagues were all tenured, and they told her that she was ruining her life. But she later said, it turns out my life needed to be ruined because I wasn't living in authenticity. She was living a lie. She was out of alignment. What would it answer this question? Number three, what would it mean for my life if I got this thing? So what would happen to every area of your life, your health, your sleep, your stress, your exercise, your family, your relationships, your um, kids, your marriage, or significant other? How would my life be better if I got this thing? Okay, next question. How might my life be worse if I actually got this thing? Don't hold back. What are your biggest fears around this thing? Like maybe you say, I'd have to pick up my family and move them to a new town. I might get sued. I might go broke. I might have to file for bankruptcy. Um, maybe I'll make half as much as what I make now. Or what if I hate my new job? What if I get exactly what I want and I'm still not happy? So this is huge. If you can address this question, how might my life be worse if I actually got this thing? What are your biggest fears? Then you can address those fears and then you can actually move forward. All right, next question. What is it costing me not to have this thing? So if I stay exactly where I am, I don't freak my brain out by making change, making waves. What is it going to cost me? Is it going to cost you a life of regret? Write out what it would cost you. Okay, next question. What information do I need to solve this problem? So a lot of times you don't actually sit down and, and problem solve because you're so afraid if you write it out, it's, it's going to flip your world upside down. So when I decided to leave my last job, part of it was just being terrified 
of the unknown. I hadn't looked at my contract in a few years. I had not even considered hiring an attorney. Um, but that's what I did. I, I got out the contract. I read through it. I hired an employment attorney to read through it and give me his advice. So sometimes it's just um, writing out what information do I need to move forward. Next question, what obstacles might I encounter? And then I want you to look back at those and write out or put a little check mark next to which of these are in my power to do something about. Next, who am I blaming for not having done this thing yet? Next, would I allow myself to be miserable if I were never granted this thing? If I never got it, if I just stayed stuck? And next, if I did know what the next steps were, what would they be? Next question, who could I talk to who might have insights or be helpful in solving this problem? Okay, I had to add one final question that I just thought of. This was a question that somebody asked me when I was looking for clarity with my career. They said, what would you tell your daughter if she were in the same position? And without hesitation, I said, I would tell her to run, <laughs> run. So if this is you, ask yourself, if you don't have kids yet, ask, what would you tell your best friend if she were in this situation? What would you tell your sister if she were in this situation? And chances are we're not giving ourselves the same grace, the same permission that we would give our best friend or our daughter. So did y'all do the questions or did you just listen? Did you think of the answers? Okay, that does not count. You have to go back through and write out the answers. I told you, you will get so much clarity when you do this. So go back through, get your pen and paper and do it. You know, so many people say that they're going to do stuff. They have good intentions. And I fully believe that y'all have good intentions. But this is kind of why people hire personal trainers. They don't trust themselves to actually do the work or they won't be totally honest when they answer the questions. So if this describes you, don't worry. I'm not trying to shame you, but you may need to call somebody. I happen to know a good life coach. Her name is Hope, and she does a free discovery call. So you don't have anything to lose. Go to my website, coachhopecook.com, and you click on work with me, and I would love to talk to you, and then we can, um, I'll ask you some of these questions. y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right. If you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless, and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call, and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, or maybe you just want to talk and, and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So see you next week. And hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.